Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here once again with Adam Chemaluski. Chema, how are we today, my man? Everything is great, dude. Gyms are finally back open here in Los Angeles County, so got a workout in. I'm feeling very athletic, which is great because we're going to be talking about sports today. You're damn right, we're going to be talking about sports today. Uh, we, you know, we do. Um, we have like a, you know, like a regularly scheduled, like what, about four sports episodes per year, basically like once per quarter, and then we do mm-hmm. like an entire like sports month in November that includes like sports, movies, sports entertainment, and stuff. Um, but we are way overdue. Uh, for a sports check-in, I way think, overdue. Yeah, when was the when was the last episode we did in sports? Do you know, off the top of your head, uh, I think it would have been the like fall sports roundup. Yeah, like, maybe. So like November, probably. Do we get a Super Bowl? We didn't do sports after the Super Bowl, did we? Or did we? Um, I think we just did a quick. I think we check in on it. Okay, that could that could be it. I know we talked about the Super Bowl, but I couldn't remember if it was a whole episode because we we did a Super Bowl episode a couple of years ago. Yeah. Or if it was just part of a discussion that was a larger part. But yeah, and I think it was the fall sports wrap up. So it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. And, uh, you know, like like we said, like we 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 love Chema. And if you know Chema and I from, you know, from in real life, you know that we are like big time sports fans. Um, so it, it, it's, you know, in addition to our, all of our other, you know, likes, you know, in terms of movie, movies, music and TV and everything else, uh, we are big time sports fans. It, it like really has been like this. I was just telling Chema off air. I am really excited to talk sports because I haven't talked sports with anyone in months. Um, even though there, obviously we can't cause there are no sports currently. Um, I shouldn't say that golf and NASCAR started back up, but in terms of like your big four sports, nothing's been going on. Um, <clears throat> so it's. I'm like starved for a sports discussion. I'm ready to go, but we do have to start off with a little bit of a lightning round question here. So Chema, what's the best thing you found to fill the void that sports has left? Okay. So there are two things I'm going to talk about. One of them is really quick. Um, Jess and I, we were talking a couple weeks ago and we realized that, you know, we haven't done it. We haven't gone out of town. We haven't done anything. And we had a little bit of some extra money lying around because we haven't done like just getting a, taking a weekend away. You know what I'm right. saying? We usually do one of those every couple months. Haven't done one. So Jess's boss was selling a two-year-old Mac desktop unit with this 27-inch monitor, keyboard, mouse. It's awesome. Nice. So her and I took what would have been vacation money and we bought a Mac. So – in buying this Mac, we did it basically because we started making videos and stuff. And we had yeah, this, like, yep. I, I kind of think this, I personally think it's funny. We did this little short. It, you'll, you'll see it eventually. I, I think it's funny. I don't want to mm-hmm. get into it too much right now, but I, I like it. And we were editing it on other software that wasn't Final Cut Pro. And it was a fucking nightmare, dude. <laughs> yes, it was it a, it was yes, a nightmare. It okay. So um, her boss came around. It's all this timing. Things kind of came together in this really unusual way, we were doing this. His boss was trying to sell a Mac. He's like, hey, why don't you guys try it for like a week? You know, let me know what you guys think. And if you like it, just keep it and give me the money. So we tried it two days of working on this final Cut Pro thing. It is just a world of difference. This software is absolutely amazing. It's one of the easiest editing softwares. It's basically what every single freaking editing software should yeah. be. Mm-hmm. And I've been spending a lot of my time like learning this. And I, I did this little like online kind of training program, like a 10 episode thing. I did eight of the 10 episodes because the last two episodes were just stuff that I'm not going to be doing right now. 360 video and all that sure. stuff. Just yeah. a yeah. little out of my league here. But uh, I've been learning that. 
I have been working on this um, kind of short film that's called uh, Soma vs. Smithers, Dawn of Catstus, which is my two cats kind of fighting each other, and it's all this crazy <laughs> footage, and uh, I'm I'm nowhere near done with it. I've only started, but it's really cool to kind of like learn something new. And uh, the other thing which um, we've been involved in, which is the reason I haven't looked up any Under Armour masks, is because anything I've searched online has all been furniture, because Jess and I are moving next week. Oh, okay. so Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually we're moving into a much nicer, a much bigger place that's in our current building. Um, dude, like I'm telling you, we went apartment hunting last week and things just did not necessarily go the way we wanted to. And we found out they had open units here and we're like, yeah, let's just fucking do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be moving. We're not even packing. We bought like storage totes. We're just throwing stuff in and it kind of sure, yeah, yeah. down the hall and everything. So um, when you and I speak next, we'll be uh, I will be in my brand uh, new place. Um, we're going to have an extra bedroom that'll probably be like a kind of like recording studio work area, too. So uh, I'm very, very excited about that. And once that is over, I can get back to ordering random things online, like or, like bright yellow face masks that I'm totally going to fucking wear. Or- <laughs> there you go. The, the real question is, though, is someone is are random people still going to try to enter your apartment? Dude. I dare them to, especially when I have that mask on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, it's actually interesting because we are um, we're on a first floor unit now, and our floor, like um, our our balcony, kind of faces like this alleyway that's in between these two buildings. So we were actually thinking about that and stuff like that, and just was like, oh man, like you know, we might have to watch out for them. And I'm just like, I dare anybody to come into this apartment from the outside right now. With everything that's going on in the world in this quarantine, that is the last thing a burglar needs to do. Is trying to rob us right now oh for sure for sure i would love to i would love to see stats on that like how sharply um like those those kind of crimes have plummeted mm-hmm. like you know be it vandalism breaking and entering that kind of stuff like how far they plummeted yeah. dude i've heard like i i can't give you any like real statistics but like from what i've heard rumblings online is that this thing has done wonders for crime and yeah. the only people that are actually committing crimes right now are law enforcement so. as it turns out which we will talk about a little bit here um yes, yeah as bet. it turns out the cops are out there committing all kinds of crimes but yeah like i've heard all kinds of stuff it, it's plummeting like um you know just people are inside they're they're not robbing people causing other people bodily harm and um and yeah dude so we i can't wait to get into some of that stuff later for sure i'm really excited to uh to hear your thoughts on that yeah absolutely so you know, for me, um, I've been, you know, like I've, I, and we talk about all the time, like we follow various athletes and teams and stuff on, on social media. You know, it's always a pretty good, you know, it's pretty fun to get some insight on what they're doing. Um, usually, usually we don't get like, I, I've noticed, and this has been pretty fun for me. Like I've noticed that like I'm getting deeper insights into the training that they do that we would never get otherwise. Right. Like you would, you know, maybe you get some stuff, You maybe you get some like, um, you know, like a, a quick view of like a bullpen session, you know, for like the Indians pitchers or something in spring training. But mm-hmm. like once the season hits, they're not putting, you know, uh, Mike Clevenger isn't like putting stuff up, you know, from all of his bullpen sessions during the season because he's, right. just, you know, he's focusing with his coaches. He's got a game plan, watch film. Like there's more stuff to do um, than just than just like the training. Um, mm-hmm. But since like they're, you know, since baseball players, basketball players, hockey players, uh, and obviously football player, I mean, they haven't started playing football yet, but like we've had like mini camps and OTAs have all been, you know, eradicated um, since they don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, since they don't have anything to do. I've been just been watching them train and mm-hmm. it really gives you like a really great look into a bunch of different things. And I think like the key things I'm taking away from this is like it gives you a good look at like 
one, like how dedicated some of these guys are to their craft, which is a good thing to see. Like, you know, like I'm just thinking about like some pitchers who have like basically like full mound and like pitching cage, you know, pitching and batting cage setups like in their houses to, Mm -hmm. you know, so they can just like continue to work. And like, that's like, you know, that's like, that's excellent, obviously. Um, But like also, it also gives you like an idea of like how much better they are at the sport than you could ever hope to be. Right. So like, like, you know, you have like guys like dicking around. I I was watching, I want to say I was watching uh, Hunter Green. He's like, he's like the Reds top pitching prospect. Um, He missed last year at the Tommy John surgery. Probably wouldn't have been pitching this year or like wouldn't have been pitching much this year anyway. But like, mm-hmm. just like watching him train and like casually, casually like hit a hundred miles an hour on the gun and then turn around, pick up a bat and hit a five hundred foot home run, and I'm like, oh, that's a pitcher. That like that's <laughs> right. a pitcher fucking hitting. By the way, hitting casually hitting bombs when he wants to. Um, you know, like watching uh, watching Marcus Stroman. He has his like he has his personal mound set up on a dock off his house in Florida. So it's just mm-hmm. like it's a sixty foot dock that his friend I don't know who it is he's training with sits down at the other end of this, like, dock, like, out in the ocean, and he is just, like, throwing darts. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I was, like, on that same dock throwing a ball to someone down there, four or five of them are going into the water. Like, 100% four or five are going into the water. Not Like, he's not even, you could tell he's not even remotely worried about throwing a ball into the ocean. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, like, it just gives you, like, it just gives you that insight into how much better they are than any, like, when people say, like, oh, yeah, you know, I was a pretty good athlete in high school. I'm like clearly you weren't that great of an athlete because like there are some like low level low level baseball players backups and stuff that make this look so easy and make you look so unathletic dude i have seen so many crazy training videos on all sorts of levels ranging from like high school stuff all the way into the pros and these pros like um the videos that i've seen a lot of are Kevin Hart training with Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and they're training on a beach or like in like a sand volleyball court in some somebody's backyard. So the long story short is they're going for training on sand. And what these guys are doing on sand, I can't even do on concrete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can't even do anything to like what they're doing on concrete. And they're mostly just doing footwork and going back and forth and jumping and stuff like that. And they're getting like super creative with it. And it just it makes me feel like inferior, like in every way, shape or form. And watching some of these receivers do like footwork drills, their feet are going so fast. It's like a on blur. The best, They're a blur. Yeah. Yeah. On the best day of my life, I could never even go like a, a quarter of that speed. You know what I'm saying? And like there's um there's this one receiver training video that I was watching today. I think it was somebody on the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. And mm. he's just running an obstacle course of footwork. And we're he's not covering like a lot of territory. We're probably talking like 15 to 20 yards most of actual ground that's covered. And the amount of foot exchanges going back and forth left and right in this video, he's got to be doing it like a thousand times. Like mm-hmm. if he was wearing a pedometer, I guarantee he took a thousand steps in like this like 35 second thing. It's nuts. It's a dude. It's crazy. Like again. I, you know, you, you watch, it's, you know, you watch a sport get play, you know, you can tell like how great they are, but it's sort of like in these moments when they're just kind of like screwing around sometimes you're like, even like fucking golfers, like, mm-hmm. you know, like watching a golfer, like drive a ball 300 yards right-handed and then like turn around, like switch the, you know, basically turn the club head in the wrong way and then hit a yep. hundred yard shot left-handed. And I'm like, I know. I, <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't do that on my best day. Could not do yeah. that on my best day. 
Oh yeah, we're we're going to revisit this a little bit later in the episode with the, in the silver lining category and stuff like that um, because you introduce something and there's a sport that I'm particularly focused on okay. that I've just been blown away by what some of these people do. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's get into it. Let's let's start with our uh, with our with our which would normally be a summer sports check in, but this is going to be our pandemic sports check in. Um, so let's get into it. You know, obviously, like. This obviously, like we go into off seasons all the time with sports, but there's like another sport that picks up um, as mm-hmm. football ends. You know, you can pay attention to basketball. As basketball ends, you can pay attention to baseball, and so on and so forth. So this like hiatus has definitely been very, very different. Um, you know, like just the the complete pause on sports, and obviously I said that like golf has returned. NASCAR has been back for a couple of weeks now, um, and I know they're popular sports, but not really like the not the same way that baseball is popular, not the same way that basketball is popular. Um, but I, but I do want to know, like, after like this long of a period of time, uh, there's three things I want to know about sports. Uh, and I'll just list the questions off here. Maybe you, you at home can think about these too. And that's what role does sports play in your life? What do you miss most about sports and what do you not miss about sports? So Chema, why don't you leave this one off? Tell me about like what role sports plays in your life currently. I mean, obviously as an older, you know, in your thirties, like you're not playing sports anymore. So like what, what, what is its role? Okay, so I've been thinking about a lot of things in my life that, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to do because of this pandemic. And I've referred to some of these as what I call anchors. I guess it's the only term that I've been able to come up with. Eventually, I'll come up with something cleverer. But sports has been like, it's just been like this anchor in my life, dude. It's ever since I was a kid and I was playing sports and even now in my later life, just kind of following sports or maybe joining the occasional basketball game whenever, (laughs) whenever I can. Um, It's just been something that I've always had around. It's like this 24 seven, you know, it's always on, there's always news about it. There's always a discussion about it. So it's been something that has just been this constant in my life. And um, while I don't necessarily view sports as a distraction, which we're definitely going to be talking about later on. But I guess the term that I would use is sports are, they're like a reason now in my life. Like they're a reason to go hang out with your friends. Mm -hmm. They're a reason to like, you know, go to the bar and stuff. And like Jess and I, we were talking like last week, you know, a couple weeks ago and we talked, we were talking about Jess and I were maybe talking about going out to dinner and stuff. And I was just thinking, I'm like, what are we going to do when this dinner's over with? Like, we're going to have to like talk and stuff. Like there's no sports on for us (laughs) to just kind of watch in the background and everything, you know? So, um, so like it's um and it's also like I, I guess like to, to get a little bit like meta here is that sports are kind of like a reason for you to like believe in something bigger than yourself. And mm-hmm. dude, there's like a million of these out there, man. But for the sake of our discussion, like, you know, sports is something that you can see and you see other people around you, you see how it unites a community and everything. And it's definitely something that makes you feel like like more than you like there's some something out there's like a greater good or some kind of insert word here kind of thing and the last thing that i'll say is sports are a reason to consume alcoholic beverages in the morning and not totally feel like an alcoholic (laughs) it is a good excuse no and you're right like there there's a very um there's a very sort of and i mean this in a positive way because i know we've used this word um negatively recently um that there is like a very tribal sort of element to sports that like, you know, like, you know, on, on a typical like Sunday, Sunday afternoon in the fall, like people are lined up out in the, out in the mini lot to, to drink for the, you know, drink and get ready for the Browns game. Um, right. That there is like a sense of community with it that for sh- I think, I think this would, I think this would be, this would hit differently if this was happening in the fall. 
um, during football season and football season got canceled. Oh um, yeah. I think it would be, it would hit, it would definitely hit differently, but you know, at the same time, there are dedicated Cleveland Indians fans. They're dedicated LA Dodger fans. They're dedicated. Um, you know, you know what, actually hockey has, a, even though hockey isn't super popular, it's fan base is extremely dedicated. And to just sort of have this sort of taken away, there is like the sense of like loss of uh, like a loss of community, I guess. Yeah, definitely, dude. Like when you uh, when you would go out here like to to bars now, granted, like, you know, L.A. is a very transient city, but you would see like different corners of the room and people in their own individual gear watching the TV that has that one game on and stuff. And you could really see like how even in a city like Los Angeles and an area like Southern California, where there's millions and millions, like double digit millions of people, how just something being on a television can bring people together. It could drive conversation. It could make people who just moved to Cleveland meet other people who just moved to Cleveland too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's something like that's, it's bigger than the both of us, you know, for just, for just a game. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I totally agree. That's a really great point. Um, you know, I, I realized I realized now that while I love you know watching movies, watching TV shows uh, yeah, as entertainment, I realized that sports really is like my favorite form of entertainment, and it's because like we we've had this discussion about how like there are there aren't any there aren't really any new stories that you can tell in in, in, in any movie, any TV show, any book. Um, you can you can interpret stories differently. You can put different twists on it, but like the stories are basically all the same, and they've been the same for thousands of years. Sports is probably the last thing where like you get legitimate real life drama with high stakes, and like it's different every time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like you know the setting, you know, th- like like a meteor is not going to hit in the middle of a baseball game and like thusly change the baseball game around. Like it's, but like I mean, like in the course of a game. A, like a sleepy summer night, you might see, you, you might have a baseball game or a hockey game or like a, you know, a, even a preseason football game. Something might happen that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And you're going to remember that, like, you're going to remember that, like, little moment or like that, you know, that night. You're going to, like, when you think about, like, back in your sports fandom, you're going to think about that night for the rest of your life. Uh, if you are, you know, if you are a sports fan, like, the, just recently, they reshowed the, uh, the 2001 uh, Indians game. Where they were down fourteen to two to the Mariners, and they came back and won in the tenth inning, fifteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like I, st- you know, sitting there watching it, I recall from like the eighth inning on, I remember everything that happened still, and that game happened so, nineteen years ago. Um, right. I remember the pitcher. I remember the pitcher that gave it up. Jose Paniagua was the Mariners pitcher that gave it up. Holbert Cabrera was batting. He's the one who shattered his bat and knocked in Kenny Lofton for the game-winning run. Eddie Toppensee, uh, our, our backup catcher for a couple of years, is the one who picks him up at home plate. Um, like, there's just all these things that I still remember from that. And it was like a, it was a blowout game. I think the game was originally like in August of, of 2001. It was a blowout game on just like a random night. But something we'd never seen before happened. Yeah, of course. Dude, I'm telling you, you're right. Like, there are so many of the same stories and these stories are just over and over and over again in movies and television and sports. Like it's almost, even though it's the same, like it's, it's baseball, you know what I'm saying? It's the same sport that's been played for over, you know, decades and decades and decades and stuff with obviously little like rule changes and Mm -hmm. stuff. But each game is its like own individual story and everything. No game is exactly the same. You know what I'm saying? Like at all. Right. Yeah. You could, I mean, we, you know, like right now we'd be, We'd be balls deep in uh, in the NBA and the NHL playoffs. I mean, like you know, we could see like a goaltender get hot. Like a, a few years ago, when the when the LA Kings won the um, won the uh, Stanley Cup, they're an eight seed, 
which had never mm-hmm. happened in, in hockey previously. I think pr- prior to that, like a six seed had won. But never right. seen an eight seed win before. And because they had a goalie and, and uh, I can't remember who it was, they had like, basically two guys get hot during the playoffs and carry them all the way through. And like that's something we'd never seen before. Yeah, and I'm telling you, like those are the kind of things, especially when it's like a lower-seeded team doing something cool or somebody posting this incredible feat of athleticism like lebron carrying the team like uh you know or Kyrie shot or whatever mm-hmm. when 2016 and stuff like that these are all these like very just significant moments and they mean like they mean stuff to people you know what i'm saying yeah. there's like a very small group of people that sports don't mean something to in some way shape or form you right. know yeah so what do you what do you miss most about sports okay so i this the most about sports i honestly i miss the discussion like mm. that is hands down like i'm not, I'm not gonna lie like the whole like product and everything like that on the field is great but one of the main things that i love about it is just talking about it with people and like something might happen that's off the field that's somebody might do something incredibly stupid or somebody might do something insanely heroic like and donate a whole bunch of money to charity or just show up and like feed up you know like five hundred thousand people whatever it is I miss talking about this stuff with people, dude. I really do. Mm-hmm. And even, even at my current job, um, my buddy that I work with, he's from DC. So like, you know, I, I'm, even though it's Washington Redskins and the Wizards and, and stuff like that, like these teams that I have no connection with whatsoever, I enjoy hearing about it. Like I enjoy hearing yeah. about all the details of another team that I'm not entirely familiar sure. with. And he totally hates the Redskins and the name change and Dan Snyder. And like, you know, he endor- he supports changing the name. He right. hates the Dan Snyder thing, all that stuff. So it's really cool to hear another, um, like just basically like this team, I've never been really affiliated, but all the details of all this drama and like the same thing, like to a certain degree, not with the name change and stuff, but the Browns have their own drama too. And, you know, I'm telling him about like the fucking Cleveland Browns who've never been to a Super Bowl and all this stuff, and it's interesting. You know, it's just it's a cool thing to talk about. Yeah, no, yeah, the, dude, the the discourse. Like I said, I've been chomping at the bit here um, to get this discussion underway because I, I I miss it. Like I I haven't had a sports discussion with anyone in a long time, and even like the people, you know, our, our gyms have been open for a couple of weeks now. Even the people that I, I encounter, re- you know, regularly at the gym, like my my gym buddies, if you will, like they none of them are really sports fans which is always really? bizarre to me yeah no none of them are really sports fans but this one dude it doesn't seem to be a fan of anything so like i don't okay. even know what the fuck I, you know do you ever like encounter those people like they don't like not that they like hate things but they just don't seem to like anything i don't know dude i'm telling you i don't know what those people do like not, if, not if, if i if i only knew that guy in the gym I would have a thousand questions for him as to like what he does. Like, do you hate like food too? Like, do you right. eat? Like, right, yeah. do you drink stuff? You know? Right. Yeah. So like, so like, I, I have no place to get that conversation otherwise. And so like, this is why mm-hmm. I'm glad we're doing it now. And you know, probably like in, in the regular, if things were going regularly, you're, you know, I, I could go out on a weekend or a weeknight if I wanted to go to a bar and like just sit and watch an Indians game and have a 10 minute discussion with a stranger about the Indians. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I'm telling you, that kind of stuff used to happen all that still happens out here, definitely. Yep. Um, so I agree with you there. I'm going to add to it this sort of, uh, there's like a certain rhythm that sports kind of offers to life, um, especially mm-hmm. in the summer, in spring and summer with with baseball. You know, baseball's on every single day. Um, it, it, you know, and then so like you have this like rhythm where you have, so you have some, some kind of sports that if you are, uh, you know, if you're a baseball fan, you probably have a team for to cheer for like every single day. And then once this once we get into the summer, it's punctuated with NBA and NHL playoffs. Uh, it's punctuated with some like you know football news, 
you know, off season, you know, the mini camps and training camp news, that kind of stuff. Um, there's just like a rhythm to it that has been totally disrupted. And like, mm-hmm. like right, there's been a couple Saturdays and Sundays where I've been sitting around like kind of doing nothing, and I'm like, I would love to just sit here idly and watch an Indians game. Like that would right. be really nice right now. It, it would make everything feel kind of like it's back in sync. Yeah, you're definitely right about this kind of like biological clock with sports, I guess, you know, and there are times like take for, um, take for example, like right now, the time that we're in now, this would be like Sunday, you know, you go, you go to the bar for a little bit, then like the Cavs playoff games come on or even like with, um, this may not be affected, but just like the example that I always think of is like, take like Labor Day weekend. That's like when Mm -hmm. college football like kicks off and stuff. So you get, you know, one or two like really, really solid like opening games. For the most part, it's, you know, big school playing yeah. small sh- shitty school or whatever. Right. But for, for example, like um, this upcoming fall, the, the big game for USC will be USC Alabama week number one, mm-hmm. you know. So um, still operating under the assumption that that's going to happen. But if, if it didn't, my usual routine for Labor Day is like Saturday is college football day. You go out, you, you party it up and stuff like that. You go out at night, have some fun. You have the biggest Sunday fun day of the world because you have Monday off and you don't have some time off for a mm-hmm. couple months. And if I didn't have that college football on, that would really, really like throw me off. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I would just kind of be like, what the hell are we going to do on this Saturday? You know, I it'll just be like uh, a big culmination. Like I'm in 35. So I've been able to drink now for like 14 years. So that'll be just 14 years of like basically an unofficial tradition just coming to an end. Like I, I'm hope to God football's on cause I'm afraid of what's going to be like that weekend for me. <laughs> <laughs> just, just drinking in despair. Yeah. And confusion. Crying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like so upset. I'm like, why aren't the Trojans on? And, it's right. like, and then I'm like, Oh no, you're from Ohio. You should be crying about the Buckeyes too. And then it just becomes even more depressing. Right. So what, so what don't you miss about sports? Like, what, what have you realized that, like, you're kind of like, man, thank God. I don't have to deal with this right uh, now. Okay, I, I'm not going to lie because I, I, there's a lot of really great people in what I'm about to talk about here. But I'm really relieved that we don't have, like, sports media in, in this prominence. Like, these people like Skip Bayless, all these hot takes and everything yeah. like that. And, and like I said, dude, like, there's a lot of really awesome people in sports media. I, I follow, like, a bunch of them on Twitter and stuff like that. And I really enjoy these people's commentary on things like outside of sports, but I'm not going to lie, man. Like I'm just, I'm over like the, the Stephen A. Smith hot take where it's just this takedown of so-and-so that's got way more expensive language. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man, like it's just, I'm kind of over that. And I, I don't really like it while it's going on. And it's not to say that he can't have an opinion on the sport. Like he has every right in the world. And there are people that a lot of people that believe the way that some of these like skip Bayless types and everything do. But, um, I just, I'm glad that I'm like, I'm glad that I'm not hearing their opinions right now. Yeah. I, I, I went, my, I went in the exact same direction with my thought here. Um, it was a little bit more specifically like the obnoxiousness of like sports debate. Um, okay. like I'm just so glad that I don't have to like sit down and hear Skip Bayless. And it, like literally I went to Skip Bayless and, and Stephen A. Smith like right away. Um, I don't have to hear them like sit down and debate the 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 perceived greatness of LeBron. Um, I don't have to hear them. You know, t- I don't have to hear them tell me about like why, um, you know, like why Mike Trout is the best baseball player on the planet. Like uh, whatever it mm-hmm. is, like I just don't have to have this debate. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't need the. De- I, sh- I never need the debate, and I'm just so glad that like we've just 
for the most part, for the most part, and, we're, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on here. For the most part, like since the since the the quarantine and lockdowns, and uh, the end, you know, the the suspension of all sports, for the most part, the social media and the airwaves have been clear of this for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I will talk about the part that does come up uh, a little bit okay. later on. So interesting very interested to, interested to hear that and and dude like yeah i'm telling you man like it's i guess i'm just like over like hearing certain people's opinions and stuff like that and it just happens to be that the most vocal and the most uh platform and the people that have the most followers are the people's opinions i do not want to hear exactly i could i i i like i i will make like i'm so glad that i don't have to hear um colin cowherd talk about like everything like is like baker mayfield i don't know if you i don't know if you follow him on any of the socials but i hear i get to hear like other people talking about the stuff that he talks about yeah okay so like baker so like baker mayfield like if anyone's unfamiliar for whatever reason colin cowherd hates baker mayfield um whatever okay um Mm -hmm. anyway just like we'll just leave that there but um so like this summer like there's like pictures of like baker mayfield hanging out with like saquon barkley and some other people um, like down, down in Texas and yeah. someone like made comments that like Baker doesn't look in shape and like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm like, I, I follow him on Instagram. I follow him on, uh, on, uh, Twitter. I don't think like Baker ever, like, I don't know, looked ripped. Like he's not, a, he's not a running back. Like, I don't care if he has like fucking like quad muscles, yeah. and, like shoulder muscles, like popping out of his uniform. Um, like that, like neither here nor there. But I'm like, I'm so glad that like I haven't really been able to hear Colin Cowherd because that that would be a sub that would be a 10 minute rant on his show would be like mm-hmm. how fat Baker Mayfield got. Yep. Even though exactly. he really didn't. It just like, <laughs> yeah, I, but it's just like that would be like a 10 minute rant. And it's just like, oh, thank fucking God. I don't have to hear about this shit right now. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude, like those people, like, let's just say, for example, that they have like five core opinions that are something that they talk about regularly on the show. Okay, and you taking Baker Mayfield in this example, this guy will devote minutes and segments to anything that makes Baker look bad. Like, let's just say Baker's like eating an ice cream cone or something and there's a video of him eating an ice cream cone. It's a hot day and the cone falls on the ground. Metaphor for the season. Right. You know what I'm saying? And. I, I'm telling you, I'm just like over that and stuff, you know, and I, I guess maybe like there are certain people like when they say things that I agree with, like I'm a little bit more prone to like pay attention to them and stuff. Sure. But it also it also just at the same time reveals like how obnoxious like I feel some of these people are with the opinions that I don't share. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like there's uh, like it's like Skip Bayless actually makes very salient points a lot of times. Like he's he's worked in sports media for like 40 years. You know, this like this, he isn't, mm-hmm. you know, he isn't like just a nobody that's loud. He just happens to be loud about things that I think are stupid. Um, right. But like he, he pointed out, he brought up when Johnny Menzel got drafted by the Browns, he, he wondered out loud in his show, like, you know, I have alcoholics in my family. I'm wondering if Johnny Menzel is not an alcoholic. Like there are behaviors that he does that like clearly are in line with someone who is addicted to alcohol. Guess what? He was fucking right. <laughs> Like, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, he has points. He's not like a dummy, but like, he's the loudest about like some of the stupidest things. That's why, like, yeah. he turns. Same with Stephen A. Smith. He's the loudest about some of the stupidest things. Exactly, dude. And I'm very happy to. I'm very happy that. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts on it later and stuff. But for the most part, that that is gone from yeah. from sports uh, discussion and the media and all that right now. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a relief. 
But uh, let's <laughs> let's get a little more granular here. Get into like the specific sports. Um, and I, I, you know, in the outline here, I, I kind of ch- I chalked up obviously our big four uh, with MLB, NBA, NFL, and, and NHL. I also included NCAA too because I think there's a, an interesting discussion to be had with NCAA sports. Obviously, they have, we had March Madness get shut down, um, and they're. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to follow the same plan as the NFL since they're basically working, you know, along on almost on the same schedule. But they mm-hmm. have the added, they have the added sort of, you know, caveat here is that like, hey, by the way, are students going to be allowed at the schools? And right. if they are or if they aren't, what does that leave? Where does it leave football, basketball, all the sports? But I don't, I don't want to spend too too much time in that in that particular segment, but. There is like I, that's why I separated out NCAA because I think there's different concerns too. Um, I understand definitely. Yeah, but you know, so as we go through all these sports here, I, I just give me like a quickly like one for each of these questions as we go through. Um, what do you think? You know, besides the fans, obviously the fans are bearing the brunt of this. Um, you know, as, as the as the as the people the, the reason why leagues exist are for us to watch. So besides the fans, um, stadium employees, and like you know, teams have regular team workers, like team doctors, the equipment people, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think the biggest victims of this pandemic cancellation of our sports or hiatus for sports are? Um, let's let's just start go right down the list here. Who do you think like, the biggest victim in the MLB is? Okay, so give me one second. Okay, so MLB. Sorry, I got all these listed out and all yeah, these notes you. and stuff like that. So okay, MLB. Um, Local, I call this local businesses within the stadium. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a different local businesses for football that I'm going to talk about. Okay. And um, with baseball specifically, and this is what made me think about baseball, because in the last like probably like five years, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 years, uh, the MLB has made a major, major push to localize their stadiums. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like you go in there, it is local beer, yep. it is local food. It's like, it's Bertman's mustard and only Bertman's mustard. It's not the other imitation stuff. It's, um, you know, uh, Peterson's peanuts and everything like yep. that. It's Campbell's popcorn. So all these like local businesses that sell products within the stadium or are featured in the stadium, they have stands in the stadium, whatever it is, these people are losing out big time. Okay. And Mm -hmm. like platform, maybe not so much because they got bought out by Budweiser, but like areas like things like brew kettle, um, even great lakes, you know, like they're not getting beer orders from the stadium. And that is one thing that trickles down into the, the warehouses. It trickles down into like the office staff. And if they don't have this revenue coming in, there are people that are going to have their jobs threatened and be in jeopardy because sure. of not having sports and stuff like that. So that was my um, my thing for baseball. Like I said, I know that a lot of sports are doing this, but like when I went into um, Progressive Field for the, oh, the last time, which was two all, years ago. It's almost all local yeah. food places. Yeah, exactly, dude. And like the um, the last like big arena that I was in prior to me moving was I went to the new um, Pistons Arena in mm-hmm. um, in Detroit or whatever. I hit the Little Caesars Little Arena. Caesars. Yep. Same thing up there, dude. Mm-hmm. It's all like all localized Detroit stuff and everything like that. So I I went I put this in baseball because some of these in some of these in my opinion could apply to all of the sports, but I tried to like support it with the best evidence I can. Sure. And. These people not having the Indians money, these these MLB dollars, that's a that's a real that's a real loss for some of these businesses and workers and stuff. Dude, hundred percent. Absolutely. You're absolutely absolutely right. Yeah, there's um you know, like 
some of these some of these companies that are in that are in you know involved in the stadiums might not be like terribly you know terribly burdened but i'm sure there's like there's like there's like a small pizza place that's in progressive field and Mm -hmm. i'm sure that's a very big partner that they have like i'm sure that's a lot of revenue for them Yep. Dude, like Momocho, for example, like the, the chef who is the head chef of Momocho, he's got a couple of restaurants like he's he's doing OK, mm. but he's not as well off as like a Michael Simon right. or even that guy, the, the guy Dante or whatever yeah. like that, you know, mm-hmm. or even Dante might even have problems now because of th- this whole thing. So because, you know, you may have like a couple of restaurants, especially just because you own a couple of restaurants doesn't necessarily mean you're raking in two hundred thousand dollars a year. The restaurant industry is nuts. So. Right. Like these people and everything like that are they're facing some real challenges right now. For sure. For sure. Um, I, I went with, uh, you know, in a, in a similar vein here. The, this is like the little people, if you will. Um, the minor leaguers, the the, the, okay. the players in the minor leagues are really getting fucked right now. Um, mm-hmm. Very few of them are retained by their teams. Um, like each team released um, in terms of like their upper level minor leagues. Uh, basically, teams like release like 40 to 50 players each. Um, so there's like suddenly about like 1200, um, free agent minor league players. Um, and and, you know, like people, I I, I know we had this discussion before, but like people think that like, if you play sports that you're like rich and like, okay, like sure. You're better off than the average person, but that's like, if you, that's like, if you are a, an established pro at some, at some, you know what I mean? Like you have to put in five, six years to get to that point where like you are like, you know, you're raking in five, six million dollars a year, you know, after taxes and all that. If you're a minor league relief pitcher, you had better a have have a job lined up for whatever the off season comes, because that's not enough money for you to fucking live on. And right. you know, to get released in the, essentially what would be the middle of your season after a lot of them weren't even paid um, by their teams, like that's that's not negotiated into their contracts, into their minor league contracts. So a lot of them weren't even paid at all. Um, starting in March, so March, April, May, June now. So they haven't been paid in like four months. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know, um, I know. Out in LA, David Price stepped up and like gave like all of the minor leaguers, I think like twelve hundred dollars or something like that. And some other, some other more well-off players have done the same thing. But so, in addition to having their seasons canceled, having their spots basically take, you know, having their spots removed, um, not getting paid, it's now it's a question of like, so what, so what do you do if you're like a 32 year old reliever in triple a without anywhere to go potentially showcase that like maybe you still have enough to get back to the major leagues like these guys are facing a massive conundrum like you know if like if you're like a 20 year old prospect that's different you probably got a big bonus and if you want to you can go live with your parents during this time but like there you you and i both know there's plenty of guys who are like in their early 30s in the minor leagues who have like wives wives and kids and like what do they do now? Right. They don't, they don't have like $5 million in a bank where they can just go like, you know what? It's fine. We're going to be okay. Yeah. And I'm telling you, those guys are, those guys are facing some really, really crazy challenges too, because if you're a 30 something year old person in like the minor leagues and everything, granted, like you have had income coming in, but it's not anything to get excited about. And I know that, um, I know that all these classes are different, but I remember hearing something like the Lake Erie crushers. They only make like, 10,000 oh, yeah. a season or yeah. so, something like that. It's nuts. So like whatever the Lake County captains are making, it's nothing for us to like get excited about. Right. And unfortunately for these people, like, you know, like there's nothing wrong with, you know, banking on your dreams and trying to go to the majors. Hell, Jess and I drove 4,000 miles across the country to, to try to do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. But like, 
if you're like, but it's different with sports. Like Jess and I, like I can always come home from work and get on a computer and start typing up a screenplay. But if you're a minor league pitcher, you have to devote actual time in the day to train, to make sure that you're even good enough just to be in the minor leagues and everything. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting the necessarily the employment opportunities that everybody else might have. And then you're also like not having the time to like learn a, non-baseball skill i guess so unless you're like super super motivated and going from baseball practice to online computer classes or something like that instead of icing your (laughs) icing your aching body you're you're at a disadvantage here you know and it's not necessarily like something that um you know like it's one of these kind of things that like people they have to do this stuff to be good at baseball like it is just that time consuming you have to put in that effort and unfortunately it takes away from other things yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, if 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 minor leaguers were making that much money, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. And again, like it's it's not like they're it's not like they're just getting like paid like peanuts. It's not like the the owners of like the teams are like scraping coins off their shoes and like throwing them at the minor leaguers. But it, it's it's very different. It's just very very. Mm-hmm. It's a very different um, the the time investment into the sport versus like what they're getting out of it is just is wildly different than of course than you know when you look at like. You know, we're talking about like Francisco Lindor. We're gonna we're gonna talk about him later on. Um, you know, wanting more money, and like he's gonna get it from somewhere. Do you know he's making seventeen and a half million? Well, had they played this season, he'd made seventeen and a half million dollars this year. Like that's well, that's a lot of money for people like you and me. But I mean, if he can get more elsewhere, he, go for it. And he's gonna get more. He's gonna get a lot more elsewhere. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So like you know, like there's a there's a huge difference between Francisco Lindor, Mike Trout. Um, Javi Baez, and then like you know, minor league, you know, fifth, you know, fifth starter, Jim Smith, you know, playing for the Mudhens in Toledo. Like, there's a huge mm-hmm. difference. Yeah, of course. Uh, how about the NBA? Um, in terms of the the biggest victims here. Okay, so you know, like how you go to the NBA games, and like in between the timeouts and like the commercial breaks and stuff like that, there's always some kind of an on the court entertainment and everything. Yeah. Dude, these charities and these organizations that provide this entertainment and they give out this kind of money and they give out these scholarships and stuff like that. Sure. These were the people that I chose for this category. I know there's a lot of charity work done by every sport, but for some reason in basketball, it just seems to be so prominent because, you know, they have the um, they have the woman with the microphone. She's on all the time. You know, sometimes Kenny Crumpton shows up and there's just this really like, I guess, cool kind of like charity vibe that the NBA gives and everything. And um, on top of, on top of these charities and organizations losing the actual dollars and cents through, um, you know, like partner, maybe they didn't lose everything, but I guarantee that they're not making as much money as they would be if they were being able to showcase their, their platform, their Mm. ideas, whatever their, their causes to these audiences. And not only do they do that in the actual game, like when you and I are there in the arena, but there's all these commercials that air while the games are on. You know, you're not seeing a lot of I, I, I'm assuming that you're not seeing a lot of like Cavs United Way or Cavs Cleveland Clinic commercials and yeah, stuff right, like that right. right now, because it's just it's not on. You know, it's just not you usually advertise that stuff when the games are on. So these charities and organizations, that's what I put down as um, as a big time um, as somebody who's really being affected by this thing because i when i go to these nba games i swear they're doing something for charity in between every other timeout yeah no you're you're definitely right um that's a pretty good one i didn't really think about that but yeah there are there are a lot of like 
there are a lot of like charity giveaways, like the scholarship stuff. Um, you know, for like you know, if you make a couple of like you know, make a layup, a, a free throw, like a three pointer, they give you like a thousand dollars scholarship. To, you know, some teams do yep. that. Um, or like if you make a half court shot, someone wins twenty thousand bucks. Um, yeah, there's all there's there's all sorts of stuff that happens like in the, in the timeouts and halftime at NBA games that uh, are are gone now. And we, you know what? We're also the real victims here because we, I haven't seen Red Panda all year. Yeah, that's right. The lady that flips all I the forget. bowls. She's on the she's on the unicycle flipping the bowls and shit up under her head. Yep, yep. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen Red seen Panda any, all year. I haven't seen anybody um, paint an awesome picture during the course of the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen any of that kind of like charity or that kind of awareness this year. Right. None at all. Um, I went. I went with a little, a little more practical here, Chema. I went with the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Uh, they were steamrolling the NBA. They were like sixty three and fourteen or something like that uh, before yeah. the season let out. Um, I, they were steamrolling. They, they I, I mean, I think for sure that they were going to be the the East representative in the finals. But now, like, who knows if they can recapture that momentum and like keep it going and get to the NBA finals in what is sure to be Giannis's last year. Giannis's last year with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, and then you know if they don't get there. I mean, when's the next time the Bucks are going to be relevant again after Giannis leaves? Uh, a long time. <laughs> Very, you, you might get like maybe next year or something like that. They make a playoff appearance as like an eight seed or something. Let's just say they, they got something for Giannis or something happened where they were able to get another player in there. But the Milwaukee Bucks are get ready because they will be drafting in the top four, you know, soon coming enough. up here pretty soon. soon yeah. Enough. yeah. Where, where do you think that that guy's going to go? Um, I've heard that like he's he's on the radar for the Miami Heat, um, okay. with with some other players. I can't imagine the Lakers can afford to pay him, LeBron, and Anthony Davis all at this. I mean, like unless no one right. else is playing for them. Um, plus plus they have like massively overlapping skill sets. So like mm-hmm. if you're kind of have you know shades of the same player, I, w- I would want if I was the Lakers, I'd want something different. Um, I gotcha. So, but also he's on the radar for the Warriors too. Okay. Yeah. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if the Warriors next year have Giannis, obviously Clay and Steph, Draymond, and oh, by the way, a top three draft pick. I know. I know. That's been kind of like the the joke around. There's this guy that um, comes into our office and talks basketball with us every now and then. Mm. He's this really cool cool dude named Rich. And he's a Coppola, by the way, which is very interesting. Um, So I don't know if he's in the family, but that's that's definitely he's got the same uh, last name as the infamous winemaker and everything. But um, so the um, that is the talk is that just like, yeah, Golden State's just going to get Giannis. Everything's going to be fine. This year is just like a fluke. And then they're going to be back in dynasty mode. And I hate to disagree with them because that's entirely possible. Yep. Entirely possible. And pl- so like that draft pick could be a player or if they want to, they can flip it for another like current NBA player. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's, that's a scary thought. Um, and also a really fucking annoying thought, but whatever. But yeah, the, <laughs> the, the bucks are really, they caught the short end of the stick. Um, this year they were they were really fucking hot. Uh, I mean, uh, they have a they have a nice team, but I mean it's a nice team that complements Giannis. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, how about the NFL, man? Okay, so the NFL. This is the other side of the local businesses that I was going to get into, and like, dude, the NFL games. They are like a micro economy in and out of yep, themselves. And really I, I talked about I talked about all the stuff going on inside the stadium and baseball. Now I'm going to talk about all the stuff going on on the outside of the stadium for football. And like 
I mean, like the, some of the bars and restaurants and everything, this is like the more obvious stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really don't want to spend that much time on mm-hmm. this, but like what I'm talking about is like, dude, these people who like their only real job or their, maybe their only job is like selling t-shirts before a game or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. in the parking lots and everything. Or even like, the guy who's just like an old guy, he owns, he owns like a freaking thing that could dub as a parking lot. So he shows up on Sunday mornings and charges 20 bucks a space for like 10 or 15 cars. Like these are the type of people that are really losing out here. And I'll tell you, like, if you're, if you've ever seen a lot of these people who are selling t-shirts and who are on that like merchandise row and everything like that on Lakeside, as you walk into the stadium and stuff, like, I, I don't want to like, you know, like you assume too much here, but like they, they just look like people who aren't necessarily making like the most amount of money period, you know, like Mm. this could easily be their only job or like uh, maybe they have a part-time thing somewhere else. And people at games and stuff like that, you throw around alcohol. There's a lot of stupid five and $10 t-shirts being sold and everything like that. I see people, I I always remember those walks to the, you know, walks down to the stadium. People are always buying stuff off those people. Always. Yeah. Always. Always. And like, even, um, this is another thing that I thought of, but underneath the, um, the West third bridge where they, they used to shoot that scene in the, the winter soldier, mm-hmm. there's a band that plays there like before the games, after the games, and they have the suitcase of money and stuff. I guarantee you they're raking in a couple hundred bucks from just people dropping in, you know, fives and ones and stuff like that on their way to the stadium. So oh, sure. th- there's all these, just like there's just all these people that are would be would be losing out um, in the NFL, like had there if there wasn't uh, football games around and stuff like that. And those are the people that you could really tell, like, need the money that they're selling from T-shirts mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. That, that's a really good one. And, dude, you're right. Those man, those people that set up shop like th- those people that set up shop like outside, you know, the walk to the stadium. Like when you're coming back, like after the game, they're cleaned out. Usually like they probably yeah. came and made like five, six hundred bucks casually easily dude easily and they're just they go back to their their van load up for next week and stuff like that and do the same thing all over again Mm -hmm. yeah it's nuts it's fucking nuts um i went uh i went with the the incoming rookies this year for the nfl (laughs) um so like i think everyone would probably agree like the biggest jump in terms of like sports is is college college football to pro football like it's Mm -hmm. way faster everyone's everyone's fast everyone's strong um, the quarterbacks, you know, the, the, the great, you know, the, 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 the tenured quarterbacks in the NFL just make every, make, make even the best college quarterback look very pedestrian, you know, very, um, you know, very out of their element. Um, so the jump from, from, from college football to pro football is hard anyway. And now we're going to go ahead and no minicamps, no OTAs, no face-to-face meetings, no team meetings, no meeting your position coaches until like a few weeks before the season starts. Mm-hmm. it's going to be yeah. hard. Oh yes, you're definitely right. And the NFL rookies was one of the ones that I was considering for this answer. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I think a lot of people like d- the general populace or whatever, don't think about, cause they maybe not have played football like in their lives, just even at any level is that all this OTA stuff, all the shit that you're doing without the pads on, like these mechanics and these fundamentals and everything, mm-hmm. they are so crucial to the transitions from college to the NFL. Yep. Like I remember listening to the the Tomahawk podcast when um Jedrick Willis, Jedrick Willis, Wills, yes, Wills. Wills, Wills, when he was on the um the episode a couple weeks ago, and Joe Thomas is talking about how like 
Wills could just send him video doing different like kinds of work and Joe Thomas can critique him and everything like that. And this is a guy who's basically going to send Joe Thomas videos of him getting out of a stance like over and over and over again to be critiqued on this motion that he has done countless amounts of times. And I guarantee you that Joe Thomas will have a critique for every single one of those coming out of the stances. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because something like that, for as 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 like small like we don't even think about it you know what i'm saying it's just something that they do all the time they make it look so easy it is so crucial to know your technique and everything when you're going up against you know uh, these big ass like defensive line like the aaron donalds and shit like that right. of the world and everything and right. uh, they're missing out on some big opportunities mm-hmm. to not have that um in an organized fashion like with otas right exactly it, it, they're they're missing out on that they're even just the uh, you know i know and i know they're like they're they're on zoom meetings and, ch- and stuff like that and they're chatting with each other. But, like, even just, like, especially with, like, Jedrick Will as a lineman, it would be really good to have, like, all the linemen get together and mm-hmm. work through some stuff, even if it's just working out and talking to each other. Like, yeah. it would be good to have them all do that together. Um, and they're not going to be able to do it, it sounds like, until, like, the basically the beginning of July. Yeah, like, right around, they're just, like, jumping right into training camp and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's pretty unfortunate and stuff. And you're right. Like, the, the kind of harmony the kind of like camaraderie that you would be building while people it may not be like something that people like oh it's not that as important as being able to squat 700 pounds or whatever but getting that feel for your team and knowing your teammates and like going through even just like naked pass protections where you're just kind of standing there or whatever with the other guys these things are very important and if they weren't important there wouldn't be OTAs there wouldn't be any of that stuff in the first place <laughs> right ex- exactly exactly um how about the NHL this one might be a little bit harder here but uh, how about the NHL okay so this one's the short one yeah the people that I kind of feel bad on this one for our NHL media dude I can't imagine how bad it must be to cover hockey just like in general and stuff like there's not a lot of storylines like it's pretty much just you X's and O's maybe a coach gets drinks a whole bunch of Molson and does something dumb every 10 years or something like that. But with no hockey going on, these people have got to be dying, dude. <laughs> like they've got to be fucking dying. So the NHL media, these are the people that I feel like the worst for. I feel that like these are like the biggest losers out of the whole thing. Yeah, I gotcha. I understand that one. I went, uh, I went with a player here. I went with uh, Alex Ovechkin, uh, okay. the, uh, the capitals, uh, left winger, um, you know, what maybe, maybe probably their all time best player. Not probably their all time best player. Um, uh, Ovi is over 700 goals now in his career. Um, he's 34. He's now won like eight, eight Richard, Rocket Richard scoring trophies, um, which is like a record. I figured Gretzky would have that, but apparently Ovechkin has it. Um, but now granted they didn't miss a ton of games. I think they, they missed like their last like 15 or 16 or something like that, but it still cuts into Ovechkin's chance to possibly get near and pass Gretzky in terms of goals scored. Like, he mm-hmm. he can't pass him in points overall, which includes assists. Um, yeah. Gretzky's, like, fucking miles and miles ahead of <laughs> right. everyone in, like, total points. But in terms of, like, goals, Ovechkin is – has he's – that's Ovechkin's thing. He's a, he's a sniper. He's a goal scorer. He's a shooter. Um, yeah. And, granted, it's only 15 games, but it's still probably – you know, that's still probably ten to ten to fifteen goals shaved off, and you yeah. know, and you know, another year like off his career, like so. You know, if he ends up missing Gretzky's, I think it's like eight hundred. Oh gosh, I don't. I probably should look this up, but it's it's like almost nine hundred goals. If he misses by like eight or ten, there's your eight or ten, or is this is the, the end of the season being cut off? That's right. 
yeah, you bet, dude. Somebody like that, if that is important to him, where beating Wayne Gretzky or coming anywhere near that, I would want every single opportunity yep. that I could do to 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 have that to be on the ice to play. And you're right, man. Like something like that, I would kind of feel robbed if I didn't get the opportunity to to be on the ice and stuff yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about uh, NCAA? This could be any sports that pops to mind here. Okay, so I I thought about like students and athletes that are parts of smaller sports. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll will tell you, man. Like football, no matter what the situation is, the NCAA will just pull into the cream of the crop of all the colleges that they have and they will get the smartest people in the room and they will figure this out for football, basketball. They will find out a way to do it. Okay. But nobody really gives a shit about the fencing team right now. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? (laughs) And the rowing team girls cross country. That that's right. That's that's definitely right, dude. And I'll tell you, like nobody really gives a shit about that right now. And there are people, like it is a small group of people, but there are still individuals, human beings that put every fucking thing that they have towards fencing, towards rowing, to the trainings, the sacrifices, all that kind of stuff. Like I don't care what it is. Like fencing, you're still going to have to train. You're still going to have to exercise, make the sacrifices that anybody else would make, maybe not on the caliber or level of like football or something like that, but you're still working the absolute hardest you can to try to get the opportunities. And right now, like nobody cares, like fencing might be like in jeopardy. Like there might be nobody, they could easily just say, Hey, fuck it right now. Like we don't have the money. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like when it comes to the money thing too, like the revenue that comes in from, football and basketball and stuff like that. Like that would go into funding these smaller sports yep. and that revenue isn't coming in. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. There's, there's a really, I would hope, I would hope that like some of these smaller um, sport athletes, if their if their programs end up being canceled or maybe just shelved for a year, I would hope that they would still honor their scholarships. Like, you know, like that yeah. would be like the ultimate shitty thing. Like, Hey, there's no rowing team this year. Also, you got to pay for college now. Yeah. And especially like if you're on the rowing team, you're probably at a school like Harvard or Yale. So <laughs> exactly. It's going to cost you a getting, shitload of money anyway. Yeah. By the way, here's a bill for a – by the way, it's, it's only $100,000 for your junior year. We yep. still got you senior year. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's – yeah, you're right, dude. The, the, small, the small sports, I don't – and this is like – this is like some – this is a little bit of a, a darker, a deeper area. We could, I don't really want to t- touch on necessarily, but title nine is really going to throw off. Like they're going to have to cancel sports because of title nine to keep equal funding. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's good or bad or anything else. I'm just saying like, that's what's going to happen um, yeah. to keep competitive balance uh, in, in sports between men's and women's sports. A lot of sports are going to get canceled or at the very, mm-hmm. very minimally put on like some kind of hiatus. Yeah, I got I got you, dude. You're right with the equal funding thing. That's going to be a major challenge and stuff like yeah. that, especially when schools are going to be forced to have to pull the trigger between the football team needs new tackling dummies or the entire women. Something needs a season and busting and all this other stuff right. like it's going to be it's going to get really, really dark. And I have I have this very crazy feeling that um, we are going to see a bunch of really just unfair decisions oh, being yeah. made, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, it could be, it could be pretty ugly when it comes to um, what kind of, what kind of stories we're going to be seeing in the yep. upcoming like months or years. Yep. I totally agree with you. Um, very, very good point there. And I, I went a little bit more specific here. Just, just think this popped into mind because the, um, the MLB draft was uh, Thursday, Thursday and Friday. 
uh, was the MLB okay. draft. And it yes, changed, yes. changed very radically this year. It's usually 40 rounds. This year it was five. Um, That's right. So you had one-eighth the amount of players uh, picked that you would normally have. So just thinking about, like, there's a lot of – obviously, like, if you're a high school baseball player and you were profiling, let's say, like, you – you know, like, maybe the Indians were interested in you, like, in the seventh, eighth round. Um, you know, as long as you're not, like, a complete dummy and, and eligible to play, you know, to play co- collegiately, there's an option for you, right? Like, you mm-hmm. can go play college baseball somewhere. Obviously, you have to be locked in for three years, but there is an option for you. But if you were, right. like – if you were like a junior who maybe was a fifth round pick, maybe a sixth, seventh round pick, you weren't sure. What do you do? Do you stay? You know what I mean? Do you commit and stay? Cause once you do that, you have to commit and stay or mm-hmm. do you take the chance on leaving? I guess, I guess you could retroactively, you know, go back, but like there's a lot of gray area, for, you know, when, when there's 40 rounds, there's no gray area. Like if you're like, right. a, you know, if you're profiling, like someone says like, Hey, you know, maybe you're a 15th round pick. Well, maybe I want to stay an extra year, but like, if someone says like, "Hey, you might be a fifth round pick," that might be incentive for you to leave, and then if it doesn't work out, you know, you might kind of screw yourself. Um, yeah. Additionally, what about like seniors that like had like a nice body of work who were injured their senior year? That's true. You know, like a lot, a lot <laughs> yeah. of times they they might get drafted late anyway. Like I know, um, uh, I want to say uh, Zach Plesac, Indians pitcher Zach Plesac, he didn't play a senior year; he was injured. And we drafted okay. him in, like, the 12th round anyway. Just, you know, like, as, like, a, you know, draft, see what happens. Well, he's at the major league level throwing 96 miles an hour, and he's, like, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's probably a lot of guys that, like, would have been drafted otherwise that just didn't get drafted this year because they were hurt. Yeah, that's very true, dude. And I'll tell you, like, it is really unfair for you to be, like, that stud. Like, you could play at the pro level, and you do get hurt, and it just happens to be your senior year where you're – are at that's the time where you are supposed to like showcase everything mm. you have, you know, and you still have all the talent in the world, but you're not getting the opportunity to showcase it. And that may affect how you are perceived in value when it comes to a draft and everything. And you're right. That was a big topic on uh bull and Fox this week about how they shortened down the, uh, the MLB draft and stuff. And what do you think about the, um, the Indians um, picks that they got, they got a shortstop from somebody someplace yeah. in Arizona, I think uh, Carson Tucker, um, real athletic shortstop, uh, his older brother Cole is the pirate shortstop right now. Yep. Um, he's uh, his his brother says that he's better than he was at that age. So, um, and that's that's good because Cole Tucker got to the major leagues pretty fast, like within three years. Um, we'll see. I mean, it, dude, this is so hard. <laughs> like, it's yeah. it's really hard. For, like, I'm a I'm a big baseball fan, and it's really hard for me to get too excited about the about the draft because, like, at best. At best, you're going to see, like, the college players break in in two years, more like mm-hmm. three years. And then, like, some of these high school players, man, you might see them in five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a dude that the Kansas City Royals drafted in 2011 who just made the major leagues last year. Um, oh, wow. he was like He's, like, the fifth overall pick. Um, he, he just wasn't – turns out he wasn't that good. Um, so, you know, so it could be, like, eight, <laughs> be like eight years between <laughs> being drafted and making it to the major leagues. Yeah, I know, man. I keep forgetting that there's, it's not like how it is. Like, sometimes like you, you might be just a stud and you go in no problem, but you could be drafted. And then there is that while before you're getting your call to the dance or the, whatever that is, the, the expression that they use for the show, the show. show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to get too excited, but like for sure, the, the Carson Tucker for sure is like a really, uh, maybe not a five tool player, but like, uh, like definitely like um, he's, I mean, you're never. We're never going to pick another Francisco Lindor. 
Um, right. But maybe he's more like um, Carlos Baerga or Jason Kipnis. Okay, I gotcha. be totally fine with someone hitting about 100 home runs and 300 for me. Yeah, I liked Carlos Baerga a lot when I was growing up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, that's probably more what he profiles as versus Francisco Lindor, who you know might be one of the five best Indians ever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right. You know how that goes. Anyway. I gotcha. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> All right, Chamel. Now, as as the leagues restart, um, what do you think? Let's go through here, and we'll we'll go through like what we think the uh, the biggest like challenge that each league has to overcome as they uh, as they as they restart that isn't related to player health and safety. I think that's the obvious one. You know, how do we keep yeah. everyone from getting to coronavirus and dying? Um, yeah, that's the big one. But like, there are other issues, obviously. So uh, I'll start with you. How about we how about we start with the ML? How about we start with the MLB since uh, that's I know, there's an issue there right now, and that would be like the first sport to sort of get going if they did get going. Okay, gotcha. Well, baseball, in my opinion, I feel that they have the hardest hill to climb right now because um, the NBA and the NHL, they got to have at least have a little bit of a season, you know, so mm-hmm. their season stopped. Football is still coming up, you know, but the MLB right now, they didn't even get to start. So right now they're trying to like salvage whatever they can of this upcoming season and everything. And the biggest challenge that I feel that they're facing right now is what's going on between the owners and um, the MLBPA, the players association. Is that what that is? Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So um, like I said, did a lot of bull and Fox listening to, and this was another popular topic that they were getting into throughout the the course of the last couple of weeks. And I know that, um, different proposals I think have been made or exchanged. They're kind of in this like negotiating process and stuff. But the thing that makes this like, in my opinion, such a hard challenge to overcome is the way that these fucking owners are being right now. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know too much of the specifics, but there's one quote that I'm going to give you that I'm sure you're familiar with. That comes from Tom Ricketts of the uh, the Chicago Cubs, Mm -hmm. where he, he talks about how the owners are going to suffer these like, biblical losses yes. fucking douchebag and stuff <laughs> and now this might be something that I, you're going to be able to provide more insight on but adam the bull was throwing around that baseball is going for socialism right now that basically like the entire like history of baseball these owners have been capitalistic capitalistic money 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 mm-hmm. and now they're going with this socialism approach where it's like prorated stuff it's sharing in profits or some crazy shit like that and it's not getting anywhere with the players and i know that there's the numbers of the season are up for debate there's talks about expanding the playoffs so because of these negotiations it is an insanely challenging obstacle for to get baseball going again because of what's going on yeah I, this is I, I i'm glad we're both in agreement here on this one there is no other issue because they haven't because they haven't played um mm-hmm. we have to sit here and watch this play out in the media um, it's, it's nuts. Like the NBA and the NHL basically behind closed doors, figure out a way to get their, their seasons going. And they get, they, you're right. They had the advantage of like, they were basically done when everything hit. Um, whereas baseball hadn't even started yet, but they still managed to behind closed doors, make some handshakes, you know, virtual handshakes and get some shit going. And you're right. Like it's this very bizarre thing where these owners would like cut the throat of like their family members for a few more million dollars. And now all of a sudden, like they are like the poor recipients, like the poor working class of like some socialist country that needs help. Um, It's, it's fucking bizarre. Like I realized that like the ownership groups in MLB are not all equal. Like whoever owns the Tampa Bay Rays, they probably don't have that much money. Um, Right. They probably shouldn't be owning an MLB team um, because they put no money into the Rays into the stadium or anything. 
But like to hear Tom Ricketts of the fucking Cubs with their two hundred million dollar yeah. payroll bitch and complain, fuck you, you're a billionaire, yeah. you're fucking isn't like isn't the Ricketts family don't they like own the state of Nebraska? I was going to ask you that. I don't I, know. I think someone's a governor or senator or, son, or someone. Yeah, it's like the Haslam's basically. Like they own like an entire state somewhere basically. Um, okay, but so like to hear yeah like I don't you know I don't want to hear the New York Yankees, the Cubs, or the Dodgers complain about money, uh, for fuck's sake. Um, and, like, the revenue-sharing stuff, the idea that you're even going to, like, split... Like, the revenue split is always, like, favor, favoring the players because mm-hmm. there's 1,500 times more players than there are owners or ownership groups. So, right. like, that's why the, the, you know, the revenue split always favors the players because there's way more of them. So the mm-hmm. fact that, like, the owners... And granted, like, the players are just as, like... The players aren't, like, in the clear on this, necessarily. They are just taking a position that makes more sense than the owners. Right. Um, yeah. But the owners have a point. Like, there's not going to be any people in the stands, so there's no one's going to be buying concessions. Um, but, like, you know, didn't you negotiate TV money for this yeah. reason? So, like, you guaranteed you're going to make X amount of money? Yeah, exactly. And, like, I've been under the impression, and, dude, I could be 100% wrong on this, but, like, I've heard that, like, what they rake in from concessions and ticket sales are a small fraction of what these fucking TV contracts are and everything. And I'll tell you, like, with the Cubs specifically, like, what really got me about that particular comment is I'm obviously, like, I'm not a Cubs fan. I have have a connection to the city of Chicago. It's very, very minimal. I've been there maybe, like, nine or ten times in my entire Mm. life, okay? And during these times... I went early on when I was when I was like 21 years old. So we're talking like, oh, oh, four or something like that. Oh, five. Mm-hmm. And Wrigley Field, that area of Chicago was basically everything that you thought it was going to be. These are like, you know, the old bars and yeah. it's really like kind of cool character to the neighborhood. Yeah. And since then, capitalism has fucking gutted that area. Right. And it is nowhere near what Wrigley it used Field to be. Now. Stuff it Wrigley, like it's Wrigleyville yeah. now. It's very corporate. Yeah, corporate is corporate as motherfuck. You know, they've had the Wrigleyville name for years, but it is like a goddamn like corporatized community in ways that I can't even I'm sure stuff is going on there now that I'm even unaware of. And to hear and then and like knowing what some of these things cost and to hear these people complain, it's just it pisses me off, dude. It's like I because for me, like if you gave me like a million dollars like i'm naive enough to think that a million dollars is all the money in the world like i would be like god damn mm. that million dollars would mean so much to me and stuff like that it almost feel like life couldn't get any better I, what i'm what i'm going at here is that i feel that there's only like so much wealth that you can have and if you're a billionaire um one billion dollars has minimal difference from three billion dollars or four billion dollars you know what i'm mm. saying and like if you if it comes down to you guys taking a hit on one season you know, to benefit the greater good of the sport, fucking do it. You know, you guys have the money. You're, this ain't going to mean shit to you. The right. players are way more in trouble than these owners are. It, exactly. And it sounds, honestly, it sounds like the NFL is really prepared to take a financial hit. Like they, they, I, I think they, they're, they're, they're beginning, they're, they're sort of like operating under the sense that like they will have fans in the stands, but like mm-hmm. they're prepared to not have any fans, to not have any revenue from concessions, to basically rely on the TV money and take whatever the hit's going to be. Um, yeah, and, and MLB t- can't do that apparently. Yeah, and I'm telling you, dude, the foot, they're still going to make money and shit like that. You're yeah. still, you'll still see that. It may not be as much money, but you're still going to make money. And like, I'll tell you, like, if you're, if you're making a profit, like, that's a success, man. Like, in any way, shape, or form, if you've made a profit, that is, that is somewhat of a success. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. How about uh, how about the NBA? Since they, we don't have any money issues here, what's the uh, what's the NBA's biggest uh, challenge? Okay, so um, this one, just hear me out on this one because, like, right now, I know that there are definitely there's debate to have with this new format and there's definitely a discussion in there. Mm -hmm. But what I went with this one is um, I feel that their actual biggest challenge is not what we're going to see coming up here with the playoffs. It's going to be the start of next season. And Mm. they're looking Mm -hmm. to really like abbreviate, you know, you're not going to have a whole lot of time. Like the finals could be over with in like what, like uh, October or something like that. Yeah, I think the last, the last possible day is like October 12th, I think, or 15th, something like that. In the middle of the month, yeah. for sure. And you're looking then into restarting the season almost right away in December and yeah. everything. And I'll tell you, like, from both sides of this coin, whether you're a team that is in the playoffs and you're, you get to the, the finals, or even if you're a team like the Cavs that's not going to be participating in the upcoming tournament, you are still at a disadvantage. And the Cavs, for example, they have a very, very long time where you're not oh, playing God, super competitive basketball. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It, right now it's it's months now, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's going to be even more months. And I'm worried that, People may be sluggish and like, dude, I know it's something small. Okay. And I know that these people are like the best like athletes in the world and all that, but I'm just kind of worried that like sports and how we talk about sports in like the media and around us kind of having this biological clock effect. There are some of these players that have been doing this for years and years and years. It's got to be the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Your body is probably just around whatever it is like uh, in the summer, just kind of getting ready to go and everything is pushed back. And then if you're one of these teams that have played into the playoffs, like let's just say, for example, that um, somebody in the finals gets hurt and it's like a, a big time player or whatever. Now, if it was a normal season, there might be a chance that that person could recover from their right. injury and come back yep. in plenty of time. And in Kevin Durant's case, like, you know, you can't do anything about that. You're out for the next season, whatever. But there, there are not every injury is Kevin Durant's injury. Right. And if I was and if I was somebody who got hurt in the finals and let's just say I got hurt in the finals and then my team went on to lose. So now that I have this chip on my shoulder, I would want to do everything humanly possible to do what I can to be as good or if not better for the next season. And instead of having six months plus or whatever it is to recover and get healthy, you have six weeks before the next season starts. So you may not even see that, that player the entire next season at all. So that's, that's kind of how I approach this whole thing right now. And like, like I said, I know that there's a lot of room for discussion with like the current format and everything, but I do think that the biggest biggest challenge has has yet to actually come like it's going to be after everything that takes place but that's that's just my thoughts on the matter I, I think that's a really good thought that like i know a lot of people are thinking about um you know like what it means for sports this year what does it mean going forward because right. like there's no way that especially with the way the nhl and the nba are how long they were disrupted there's no way that there's not going to be repercussions next year like there's, there's right. no first off there's no way they can play a full season next year even Right. Like, yeah. unless you're unless you're going to push that all the way into what July, um, yeah. there's no way they can play a full season next year. Um, neither of those teams, neither of those sports. Um, and you're right. Like, you know what? Like, you're you're so right. Like, what if someone gets hurt in the finals? If the season starts six weeks later. Like, that person is going to miss the finals and then then, then the entire next season. No yeah. doubt about it. And if the, that happens. And dude, the the NBA is losing too because like as as what happened with Kevin Durant, one of the league's best players is not in the league. You know, you're mm-hmm. losing, let's just say for just a hypothetical that they could be even next year, they're already planning TNT contracts and games and primetime stuff and everything. Well, guess what? 
the, that team's great player is hurt, and now TNT, who is banking on having wh- whatever the hell it is, if it's Steph Curry versus so-and-so, they're not going to have that. That jeopardizes the league, too. The league should not mm-hmm. want to put their players in that kind of jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, you're, you're 100% right. There, again, this is the, like there aren't any good answers to this. Um, like, right. <laughs> there just aren't any good answers. I personally would have, for me personally, I would have just started the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't have worried about, like, doing this, like, abbreviated, like, eight-game whatever mm-hmm. tournament. And then, like, I would have just, like, you get training camp, maybe, like, one warm-up game, and then we're playing playoffs. Whether or not I you're gotcha. ready. Just try to get it over as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. But this I, whole but thing, even, that, but even yeah. then, that could lead to injuries and stuff if you're not, Dude. like, ready to go. Yeah, that's the other side of the coin, too, because I, I've considered that exact same thing where it's like, well, what if they just jumped right into the playoffs? And then it's like, oh, hey, guys, by the way, like all you rusty people right now, now you need to play the most important basketball of the entire year. You know yep. what I'm saying? Forget, you know, that like uh, whatever it was that 60, 70 games of you guys busting your ass and getting hurt and everything. Yeah, that, that didn't really matter. And now you guys had all this time. Right. So you just play the play the most important part of the whole season right away. Exactly. So, yeah, there's until I got a little bit of stuff, like the. The NBA thing, like, I guess, um, and I'll just make this quick because I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but it's just like, I, I think that's kind of almost like the best that they could do. But I, after hearing about it, it's almost like, is that really the best they can do? Yeah, I, but, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. I'll also add to it that like this this whole, the way that they're doing it, they're, they're going to play everything in Orlando at uh, Disney's uh, Wide World of Sports, which it's I've, I've seen it like it's a full complex. Like it's it's no big deal. They can all play there. It's like no problem. Um, there's like, and there's obviously enough like hotel space and stuff on site, but, um, but like, because like we're, we're removed, we're removed and like basically putting them inside of this bubble, like any, any sort of advantage that you as the top seed or a higher seed would have is gone. It's evaporated. Like who cares if you're the number one seed now? There right. is no, there is no home court advantage other than the, like, I mean, you might as well not have, you know, the seeding doesn't even matter anymore. You're just first to four. Um, right. So, like, you know, there is definitely like a home court advantage to playing. Um, like, people like talk about like Oklahoma City has like mm-hmm. a, an extraordinarily loud gym. That yep. um, you know, playing in um, you know playing in the Staples Center is is yep. like an advantage for the Lakers. Is an advantage for the Clippers. Like, there's just an advantage there, and that's evaporated. It's gone. So mm-hmm. there is like it's this very weird sort of like you know if you're if you're a player like it's got to feel really strange being in like what feels like a practice court and you don't have your crowd with you. You don't have that same atmosphere. And by the way, it's the finals. Like that's gotta be strange. I know dude, it's gotta be a mess. And like, and it's what we've seen from the way that the NBA playoffs are. There's a pretty good chance that the team that has the the first two will win their home court. (laughs) And then it'll go back where at least one person or at least one of the teams might get one of the other two games at their Mm -hmm. own home court. And it's a, yeah, with home field advantage and stuff like that, like uh, personally, I've always kind of been a little up in the air to how much of an advantage it actually is and stuff. And only like, I guess maybe since I've been in my twenties, have I started to realize like that I feel like certain venues, it's definitely an advantage while as other places like yeah it's your home but like if you're going into oklahoma city for example or like the um the seahawks arena up in Mm -hmm. seattle and stuff like that like these are these venues that i almost feel are as much of an opponent as the actual team that you're playing and stuff but it's not an everywhere type thing no 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 like not at all like it's definitely not like a a, a, it's not universal like for sure i would rather you know if i'm the Cavs, i would rather play at quicken loans 
or, or, or what's it called? A rocket mortgage field house. I'd rather play right. there as many times as I could than playing on the road. But like, it's, I don't think like we have like an, an like an intrinsic, uh, home court advantage. Same with like, same with like progressive field. Like I would rather play at home. I don't feel like it's like a massive advantage, but like if I was on the Red Sox, I want to play in Fenway as often as I can because yeah, that it, place is a fucking nightmare for teams to come into. Yeah, that's right, dude. Especially those stadiums like Fenway that have these natural built-in obstacles to them, like yeah. the monster and everything. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm the Red Sox, like I want to play every single game where I'm going to have something in my home that no one else is going to have right. in theirs. Um, how about, the, well, I'll, I'll start off with the NFL here. Cause you, you actually hit on it with the NBA um, that because we're like really condensing the off season program, and it's it's basically up to the individual players to keep themselves in shape, get themselves ready. Um, I really think that like as we head into like the, the beginning of the season and whatever the preseason might look like, I'm not going to be shocked when there's a lot of like soft tissue injuries. There's a lot mm-hmm. of hamstring pulls, uh, quad pulls. Um, you have guys that just aren't. It's not that they're not in shape per se. It's just that like they, they haven't had. You know, you talked about like the biological clock thing. NFL man, mm-hmm. that is like the NFL is regimented on schedule for all these yeah. guys. And all of a sudden yeah. this is going to get not radically changed, but changed enough that it's going to throw them off and throw off their typical, especially if you're like an eight, 10 year veteran, it's really going to mm-hmm. throw off how you prepare for the season. Yeah, of course, dude. And like when it comes to the way that these people train and stuff, like if you're Odell Beckham jr, you can only run so many 60 yard bombs and stuff like mm-hmm. that because football is such a, in the moment type sport and there's so much chaos going on and so much like activity on the field and everything like that, that these little, like kind of like we used to call them like naked when you're playing football is just like almost like kind of like dummy or whatever, yeah. you know, where you're not having any real like opposition and stuff. You can only do that for so long because it's going to rob you of the actual like in-game experience and everything. And so much as even like being a receiver practicing, like, pushing off or getting that open advantage like towards like when you're getting like the ball is coming to you and stuff like you need to have as much real world experience as you possibly can to simulate how it's going to be in in the game and stuff and Odell could be training with like dude he could easily have uh, Denzel Ward with him being the cornerback and stuff but it's still not the same you know Mm. you need to have like the pads you need to have the helmet on like you need to have your body used to carrying that extra weight with all the different stuff you're wearing. So it's so much like mental, a combination of like some mental and physical elements and everything that people are not necessarily getting at this particular moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, how about you with the NFL? Okay. So I'm going to use this as a little bit of a tease for later on, okay. but um, the, the current political climate is going to be a major obstacle yes, for the N- NFL, um, not to sell or take away from what we're going to talk about later, but their current stance on everything. Um, they finally took the right one. And the stance that they took is not necessarily the stance of a very, very popular and prominent, powerful person in the United States of America. Mm. And what is going to happen between the NFL and the White House and the right side of the political spectrum, I think, is going to be a very, very difficult obstacle for them coming up. Yes, I, I would I would agree with that. And I, I, I will leave it there because I do want to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but that yes, very good points. Very good points. Um, NHL here. I, I will just sort of you kind of you already hit with the NBA. So I'll just go ahead and kind of, you know, go, go on with a similar point here. That like the I don't think the NHL is playing any games other than like the tournament and the playoffs. 
So after they get, you know, through their, you know, their like abbreviated like warm up camp, training camp, whatever you want to call it now, they got to go from zero to 60 really mm-hmm. fast, like much faster than they, they would otherwise. Um, right. And, you know, like you said, like this is the most important time of the year. And they have to like basically go from like taking taking practice reps to oh by the way we you are now in the Stanley Cup playoffs everything is everything is amplified let's go yeah I got you dude yep you're 100 percent right those guys are it's almost like hockey in a way like is it even more because you have to wear equipment and all these pads mm-hmm. and stuff like that so these guys may be practicing all day and night but they're they're not on pads and in skates and no everything way. like that yeah. and to go from hey i'm just sitting around the around the house knocking around pucks with my kid to fully strapped up and in skates and on ice it's two completely different things it's it's got to be i'll tell you what it's got to be tough for the goalies to find to find you know players and things to like i mean you got to like get tested right like so like where are you finding people that can like come over to your house and shoot pucks at you <laughs> Right. Yeah, I know. Like, are you just having your kid like beat you with a hockey stick? I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm willing to bet there's like, there's got to be a machine for that, right? Like, there yeah. has to be. But at the same yeah, time, but... it's not the same as as getting out and practicing and like seeing seeing actual players, seeing Ovechkin line up and take a shot at you. It's not the same. Right. They probably have something like you know how the um, receivers have that machine with like yeah, the two spinny things. Yeah. They probably have that for pucks, but it shoots like a bunch of different angles coming at you all crazy directions and stuff. They've got to have something yeah. like that. Uh, oh, sorry. NHL there. Any any uh, biggest obstacle they have to overcome? So, dude, like this may be just me here, but I think relevance might be a big struggle for the NHL. Um, like I, I'm not seeing a lot of like foaming at the mouth for hockey to come back. So like I just like I feel that I, I'm guaranteed once it's on it'll probably be like so captivating it's like oh my god there's this new sport hockey like it's so cool but I they're just struggling for relevance with all the other sports I think all this all the better storylines are with the other sports I think people like at least in America anyway like um and in my Instagram and Twitter feeds and stuff like that are clamoring for the return of other sports more so sure. I, I think that the NHL is just facing this relevance battle and kind of lost in this pot of everything else that's going on in the world yeah but I think that's the NHL all the time yeah that's true but you got it you're 100 percent we'll hit the ncaa now and I'll, I'll say this that their their biggest challenge right now um the florida just recently passed an nil bill or, or is going to pass an nil bill uh name image likeness bill that's going to allow college athletes in florida to benefit off their uh name image and likeness um this is the ncaa's new war um Mm -hmm. they are and and with the with the pandemic additionally with the pandemic this if they're considered you know if they're essentially being told by their universities that they have to come back and play that goes in their favor there's various lawsuits um against the ncaa on behalf of current and former players and everything else um Mm -hmm. that's just one of the things that's going to go in their favor as like well then i guess we're employees right if we have to show up so where's the money so this, the NCAA's, and believe me, I am 1,000% on the side of amateur athletes here. Don't mistake me saying that this is like, I'm like, oh, the poor NCAA. Um, fuck them. They're, it's a fucking trash organization. But, like, this is like their new battle. This is their new war. And they have to, they have to figure it out before all the states figure it out for them and put them in an impossible position. Yeah, I got you on that one, dude. This whole thing with the uh, – I completely endorse these people getting paid. Yep. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, they're way, way overdue on this whole thing. And I 
it's, I almost feel like it's just kind of like insulting to previous players and stuff like that, like in the, the college that haven't uh, gotten money for their skills from the school and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It, it's just bad, dude. Like these people should have been getting paid from moment number one. And you're right that um, a change like this comes around. There's a lot of small print that a lot of people don't think about. And with this pandemic adding extra kind of conditions or circumstances to an already complicated thing, it's going to be a major struggle because we all know how badly the American justice system has been abused and mocked and made a mockery of over this entire time. And not to say that um, I don't mean to say that in like a, in a negative way when applied to the NCAA thing, but there's going to be like a lot people are going to be taking the opportunity to sue at any possible way that they can. And I will tell you that, it needs to be done, and that's why this. When I could say that this whole mockery of the judicial system thing might actually be a good thing, because with something like this that is so complicated and, and so new and so controversial, I guess that um, you're going to need the courts to handle a lot of this stuff to pave the way for the future and everything like that. So we're going to see a lot of lawsuits. It's definitely going to be a struggle for the NCAA. And I'm not going to lie. I hope that in court, they lose a lot of these things. They're probably going to have to win a couple. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. Some of these things are going to have to win a couple of, but um, for the most part, what's going on now is going to be the initial battles and war that um, I feel that in the end of time, the right side of history is going to win. And these people are going to get paid for their skills, like the way that they should. Yeah. Yep. I, yep. You you said it a hundred percent there, dude. hundred percent. Um, but yeah. It, yeah, but if they don't like, if the NCAA doesn't take a step forward, because it's uh, California's Cal, the one in California is already like fully passed, correct? I With, know that like, it like they still have, yeah. they still have to figure out things, some, but like it's it's passed both houses yeah. and it's been signed. Yep, yeah, haven't Gavin signed it for sure? You yeah, bet, dude. So you have California and Florida; those are two pretty big states with a lot of big universities. Um, mm-hmm. What happens? What happens if Texas and Ohio follow suit? The NCAA has to figure out a way to get ahead of it. And I mean that like in, I mean like you guys have to figure out how you're going to divvy up money for players. That's what they have to figure out before. Otherwise the States will do it for them and they're not going to like what, what the States do. That's exactly, you're up. Definitely right on that. You cannot let this get to the government level to have them sorted out. This has to be sorted out within the organization, and they have to do this shit like pretty fucking quick. I'm yeah. not going to lie. This has got to be something that we're not talking about in 10 years. You know, they got to wrap this up now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what big changes that, I mean, everything's related to the coronavirus, obviously, everything's related to the pandemic, but what big changes are we going to see in the leagues going forward that maybe aren't like, you know, aren't like, not hey like no fans in the stands you know what i mean like not aren't directly yeah. influenced by the coronavirus necessarily um let's gotcha. start uh let's you know what let's uh let's start with the nfl here this time okay so the nfl and i dude i had totally forgotten about this actually but uh we're getting freaking 17 games this year like it's uh it is going to be this race there's 17 games in the season now correct uh i don't think that's correct okay. i think that got well, shot i thought down. that the Oh, they did shoot it down. Okay, I thought that we were going to get. Um, I thought that they were going to get the uh, the new the more games into the season because they were getting rid of the preseason games or something like that. I thought was going to happen. Um, hold on, I, I got to find. It. I think that's on the table, but I don't think it's been. Um, I don't think that's been ratified. I okay, think it's like, starting starting twenty twenty one possibly. Okay, I gotcha. I thought that that was going to be. Um, I thought that was going to be something that was coming up this year. My my bad on that. Yeah, it's it's yeah no we we got a while for it yet so don't worry about that. Okay, 
So yeah, that was um that was the thing that that, that I had about that. I thought that they were going to get rid of some preseason games, and I so then there are they expanding the playoffs too in the NFL this year? Then is that because I thought that was all part of the same package? Um, I don't think I don't think any of that t- will take place until next year. Okay, gotcha. Until okay, next sorry season, about yeah. that. My sorry. bad. Thought that was all coming up. Don't worry about that. No, no big deal. Um, but you hit on this before. I'll, I'll go ahead and take this one up. But you hit on this before. Um, not only will like kneeling players not be fined or you know subject to any kind of suspensions or penalties or anything. Um, I think we're going to, like, see, for the first time ever, we're going to see, like, the, the team sort of back them. Yeah, That's, like, a gotcha. big thing. Like, the, like we're going to have, we're going to hear, you know, if, if all the Browns kneel opening day, um, we're going to hear Jimmy Haslam say, like, hey, that's fine. If he, you know, if he truly believes that it's fine, he'll say that it's fine. That's right. Yeah, you bet, dude. Yeah, like, the, um, Bill O'Brien has already come out saying that he would kneel with the team or something like that. Maybe not. That's not the exact quote, but okay. we're going. We're going to see a lot of more approval of this kind of stuff, and not You're not going to see. Maybe not even like approval might not be the right word, but there's not going to be any distancing. I think there's going yeah. to be a lot more people jumping on this train for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about uh, let's jump to the NBA here. What's the uh, biggest change in the NBA? the play-in tournament that they're going to have, which I actually think that the NBA has finally moved to this idea of the tournament. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we're ever really going to see this again, but if we're ever going to get some form of tournament basketball in, um, in the NBA, this is cool that they're finally doing it like this. Um, I could understand, like, I hate to say it, but I can kind of understand the logic behind them not having every single team in it because, Heaven forbid the uh, Sacramento Kings or something like that get Chaos hot versus the Kings finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Like that's what they're trying to like prevent from happening and Which everything would, like it that. It would never, it would never come to that anyway. But yeah, I understand. Like, it's why even bother including, why even bother including the scenario where you could have like a Cavs Kings final. Yeah, yeah. So like, I um, but for, I guess for whatever they came up with. And like I said, there's obviously discussions about if it could have been done better, whatever it is, but for finally bringing some form of tournament basketball into the NBA, that's, that's kind of like what I I think is cool coming up here for the the end of the season. Uh, Yeah. I had the same thing that just like this possibly opens the door to some more tournament style um, play in the NBA, which like, I don't, I don't see what the big issue is seeing as how they do it in college all the time. Like right. you, you open up with like the Maui Invitational or like the Big Ten SEC Challenge. Um, guess what? You play a whole tournament at the end of the season. That kind of that's a pretty fun thing <laughs> that uh, that college basketball does. So I don't, it'll it'll never be like that necessarily. But um, yeah, like it would, like a mid season tournament for like a for like an eighth seed or something or a seventh seed would be an interesting way to go. Yeah, definitely. Do they do this kind of shit in high school sports too, where just all of a sudden in the middle of the season, there's a tournament for, for God knows what at the Hudson invitational or whatever it yep. is. And it's just something that I think is so, it's so like when you think basketball, you think tournaments and stuff like that. It's just so like a part of the sport that it's about time that the professional sports embrace mm-hmm. the elements of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about, uh, let's go to baseball. What, what's, uh, what's going on here with baseball? Okay. So I know that we're, it's still not approved yet or whatever. Like I win it. I, I I'm kind of obsessed with this idea of like the 16 team playoff and everything like that, which, like I said, it's still, it has not been approved or whatever, but I actually, I kind of thought like one cool thing about the MLB playoffs being so limited was it seemed to put like, a, it just seemed to 
make the season like that much more important for 164 games and there are uh, i guess i'm going on like a little bit of like the the truest side to the the baseball argument where um when you're talking about in terms of the playoffs like yeah those 164 games mean every single thing like as a casual fan you're probably like 164 games jesus fucking christ but like overall like you know when you're talking about getting into the playoffs i think that that number really does mean something and to open up the playoffs um, while it does leave a room for a lot of really, really cool shit to happen, I just, I don't know, I was always kind of a fan of, like, Major League Baseball just having, like, a smaller playoff, and that was kind of, like, their thing. So the um, the 16-team thing, whether it gets approved or not, that would be the thing that I, that I thought of for this uh, particular answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. I had, I had another another thing here, too, but the, I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like the the amount of teams in baseball, I think it's 10 with the, with the wild card, um, that like feels like an appropriate number. One third of the league is involved mm-hmm. in in the playoffs. Where like in the NBA, more than half the league is involved in the playoffs. And how like w- why even bother with like you know I don't even know who the eight seed in in the East right now would be. But like, are they going to win a game? Probably not. Um, right. So like, what's the point? I mean, it's a little bit different in hockey because the like the difference. There isn't like a there isn't like that broad of a disparity between talent, um, mm-hmm. so like that's why you have an eight seed that could win that has won and could win an NHL you know a Stanley Cup again in the future. Um, right. The, the talent disparity isn't as broad, but like the talent disparity in the NBA is vast. Um, of course, the, the, like the difference between the Bucks and the Cavs is a vast difference. So yeah. Yeah, so like I, I feel like the MLB has like the, the the appropriate size. I never feel like I, I should say this. I shouldn't say never. I rarely feel like oh man, they're missing out. Like the the Minnesota Twins didn't make it this year. What a fucking shame, you know? Like right. I, I never feel like that. Like they leave out the best team. Whereas, you know, every couple of years with the college football playoff, it feels like the best team gets left out, or yeah, at least course. one of the four best teams gets left out. I never feel like mm-hmm. anyone in the MLB gets left out. It feels it, it's fine. Yeah, dude, I I completely understand what you're saying with this. Yeah, and like I like that baseball's playoffs are basically like the later part of September into October, maybe the first part of November. It's not like the NBA playoffs where it starts in April and ends in freaking June and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's so unique and so specific to the sport that I really really like this and I I just I kind of am leery of any kind of like changes to actual like baseball and stuff. If they if they expanded and cut off like eight games of the season, so like that so that we would just have more playoff games, that would be fine. But they're not going to do that. Like it's too much money involved for them to yeah. like to snub their nose at TV money. So <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. Um, how about the how about the NHL? Okay, so the NHL the um, this whole thing was we talked about a, a little bit before. Uh, you're going right into like some kind of playoff system. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me see here. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. I found this article, uh, Sporting News. 24 teams based on the points percentage are going to be a part of the playoffs. And yep. there's like a little bit of a um, almost like a introductory kind of knockout round. Right. And then I think you start like what would be considered the the playoffs as we know it from there. So um, and I think every game is is every series seven games too. Which, I think uh, so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay, so that, that those are the be the, the big changes that I noticed. Is jumping right on into it. This initial ter- um, initial kind of knockout round playoffs and everything's up to seven games. Yeah. I think you you mentioned this before about like the NHL's fight for relevance. Um, and it, you know it's like 
it, it's definitely like a it definitely is like a regional kind of sport like it has regional pockets right like in the northeast it's big mm-hmm. obviously in canada it's big in the upper northwest like when you get to minnesota wisconsin it's big um you know even like dude, i was i was like fucking like my mind was blown when i was in phoenix at the end of last year um like there's like a whole like out by the football stadium is like a whole like sports enclave and like the uh, the bas- or the hockey arenas out there too dude there are fucking arizona coyote fans everywhere out there like there's a fucking there's a fuck ton of them um so like it's definitely regional but i think i think they're i think their path to becoming more relevant is like making themselves more available online making themselves more digitally present making like hey we're gonna we're gonna have free games on facebook today we're gonna have games on you know whatever format whatever like that's like their Mm -hmm. way forward to get more to get more eyeballs yeah i got you dude and i'm telling you that is actually not a bad idea like to just have um get the the silicon valley guys in there with their compression software and stuff like that and just have like a nhl stream for free on facebook like why the hell not like if you're putting one game out there for free for people that is a great idea to get that kind of exposure yeah yeah absolutely i, th- I just think i just especially because i mean you know we're all the sports right now are operating on a model without like fans and you know fans in the stands or fans in the seats so how do you how do you get them how do you get them content well, you got to get you. You have to get online and do all this. And I think the NHL's path to more relevance is to put as much as much as they can online, and make it mm-hmm. like make it fr- not just like not just like via an app that you have to pay for, like as much free stuff as they can. Yeah, I'm telling you, they will hook a younger audience in there and open up the sport to a whole new generation by making the sport more accessible on the internet. Yep, yep, that's the way to go, man. It's the way to go. Um, NCAA here, I, I, I already went into it since you know since we're talking about it but like the the name and the name and the name image likeness bills the states are going to force the ncaa's hand basically like so that that's what's going to change going forward i think i think we're five years ago i would have said that we were like pretty far away from uh, players getting paid mm-hmm. or making money now i think we're much closer like within the next five years the ncaa yeah. will do something yeah i'm telling you dude like i i think that you're 100 percent right on that and i think that there's this collective social conscience going around with this subject where people are saying that whatever these people are bringing to the schools brings in is worth way more than whatever their free education is and stuff like that and like we had that episode uh, like talking about like you know college education and stuff like that and the value of it and stuff and for some of these guys like this is the prime of their lives. Like this, this is, you might as well cash in while you have something mm-hmm. to offer and stuff like that. And whatever their degree is, it may not necessarily be the thing that, um, is the thing that puts bread on the table going forward in the future and stuff like that. You know, you have some of these guys who may be there on communications programs. Like right. I was at CSU just trying to get in and get a degree. And um, if they have the ability to make real money, dude, like not not this like ten thousand dollars Lake Erie Crushers money, but like actual like money that they can save and maybe live off of while they transition from college into the real world, I think is a is a big thing for for some of these people mm-hmm. like, to get that opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, like I always think about it this like what like what happens with you know like just Ohio State. Let's say Ohio State has like some hot shot. Uh, running back that you know gets that gets drafted blows his knee out before the draft, is never the same, never really plays. 
Um, or or should, should say that maybe doesn't even get drafted, but is a hot shot his you know freshman sophomore year. Clearly is going to go to the league. Blows out his knee sophomore year is never the same. Um, you know, like if he had some like local endorsement deals with like Meyer or Kroger or something, yeah. you know, maybe right. he made maybe he's made one hundred fifty thousand dollars and put it in the bank to you know rainy day fund, so like, he can still go to Ohio State get his degree and do something else. Yeah, dude, can you imagine if they would have had this policy in place when Maurice Claret was at Ohio State, like so where he didn't have to do all that dumb shit? Oh my or god, any, he was just getting basically just sitting around an apartment working out and getting paid. That would have that could have easily been a four time in a row national championship team. Exactly, exactly. That that could have. I mean, who knows for sure? I mean, he's. I'm glad he's turned his yeah. life around, but he was a dumbass. Um, who knows? He could have still done dumb shit anyway, but. If if he had money in his pocket, maybe he wouldn't be out doing all the weird shit he was doing. Yeah, dude, that that's right, man. And like the my my buddy that I work with and stuff like that, he's got this very interesting philosophy about how to just end stupid shit in the world, like crime and everything. And that's basically like everybody's got to be prosperous. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's yeah. it, it's it is such a far. It's totally like it's a way out there thing, dude. And it's a really long shot that that's ever going to happen. But when people have money when people have this sense of security and stuff like that they don't do stupid things why would you do stupid things if you feel secure right you're not gonna you're not gonna go rob a liquor store if you're making three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year right you know what i'm saying like if you're gonna get something to get that rush you'll just go buy drugs you know or whatever it is but if people are experiencing that sense of security, man, they're not going to do stupid things. And this might actually open up the door for a lot of people who could have fallen into stupid things and lost that, you know, that opportunity mm-hmm. and everything. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So there any, I, I don't remember if I meant to ask this question for each sport or if it was just in general. So if, forgive me here, um, but is there a silver lining to be found with this extended hiatus uh, from sports? I, I think so. I, I kind of broke this down into the individual categories. Okay, I did too, kind of... but I couldn't remember if I meant to ask it like that. Yeah, I, I like I put down individual things. Okay. I took the whole section as every single sport. So okay. th- these ones aren't as as in depth no, as the other ones. They're, I just have like a quick. sentence or two for yeah, each one. But go go ahead. Th- just throw me out. Uh, just go right down the line. Throw me out like what you think uh, the the benefits all these sports. Okay, so um. With without with having this hiatus and everything like that, um, personally with baseball, I've realized exactly like how much I miss this sport and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And baseball is like there's so many teams. There's a hundred some games, 164 games plus the playoffs. Like there's for something that is just a lot. I actually realized like how much I miss this and how mm-hmm. just baseball and how much of this time of year seems to go to, together perfectly. I don't, I maybe go to like one game a year, even, even when I was living in Cleveland and stuff. And it just makes me, it just feels like part of the summer is missing. You yep. know what I'm saying? Just without having it and everything with uh, the NBA, the silver lining could be um, seeing Ja and Zion in the playoffs um, yeah. or some, somehow like together, um, which honestly would be the only reason I would ever watch a Pelicans or Grizzlies game <laughs> true, be, uh, to have them play each other. So um, seeing these, these two um, rookies that were such popular figures throughout the course of the year and John Morant just turning out to be legit as hell and mm-hmm. Zion with this, Zion's just got this question mark. He's just like, he's a, a curiosity right now with me and stuff like that. So I think it'd be cool to see them to play each other. 
Uh, the NFL, the silver lining was the draft and that really cool kind of different draft experience that we got that we mm-hmm. would not have gotten unless it wasn't for the pandemic. Uh, the NHL, this is what I, I was, was talking about when you were talking about the training from home. I have seen so many fucking awesome trick shots of these people hitting pucks off a piece of plastic oh, yeah. in their backyard. Oh, dude, it's I mean, it, it's, disgu- it's disgusting. It's like, flipping stuff up like doing baton like acts with the the stick then it, it's just amazing dude also, There's a lot of also cool they stuff. can do also they can do that on skates which yeah, is they like, do even that more skates, impressive, like even more impressive <laughs> i know i know like i've been entertained with this element of hockey like in ways that i never thought possible there have been times where i've actually been more entertained by these training videos than actual hockey games mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, like, I'm not going to lie on this one. Like, it's been really hard for me to find the silver lining with the NCAA and stuff like that because I don't know. Like, it's this. There's been other stuff for, like, I've kind of forgotten about the NCAA. And, like, when it comes to NCAA sports, for me personally, like, I'm kind of in the basically like the football basketball camps and stuff like that. So. I haven't really missed a whole lot of NCAA sports that I'm really into that would be on during this time period. So if there was one thing out of the entire outline that I struggled to find an answer yeah. with, it was the, the NCAA in this particular category. Right. You're right. No, I, I agree with you on that one. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll start there. I'll start there that like, I was thinking about this. I'm like, yeah, it, it really, there really wasn't many silver linings because we, we had the NCAA tournament canceled. The basketball tournament canceled, which is like one of my favorite things, uh, you know, during during all all year long. Um, but so, like, I, I kind of thought about it this way, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of basketball and football, college basketball and college football, they are in a in a unique position that they get to see what all the other leagues do in terms of how they handle coronavirus, how they handle fans, how they handle everything else. They're like they don't start for quite a while yet. Um, obviously, um, college football like usually Labor Day weekend, um, but like college basketball like November, um, yeah. they have a lot of time to see like what other leagues do, what the virus does, if there's a second wave or not. So like they couldn't, they can even if even if cases like pick up, they'll they'll have some ideas of how they can like limit exposure and probably still get their sports played. Um, Dude. Yeah, you're so right on. You're 100 percent right on that. And this time and the intelligence that is in the, you know, like I, I look at the NCAA, like they may not they're a trash organization, but the one thing that they have is access to intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I will personally assure you that somewhere in this country, there is a room or a computer session right now of like handpicked people from like <laughs> universities that are just like okay you guys we're gonna have you guys just monitor this throw around ideas and stuff and help us prepare i guarantee you that they've been analyzing this and looking at stuff in so many different ways for a very long time now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah no 100 right and the nfl is doing the same thing believe me they they are there's there's a room full of number crunchers figuring things out right now uh, for whatever they're, you know, if the season gets, hopefully the season gets started uh, under normal circumstances. Um, but NHL, for them, this is like, this is their chance to, I, I really think this is an opportunity for them. Um, there's, they're going to be, depending on what happens with baseball, fuck, baseball might get derailed. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going to be the only show in town with the NBA. This is the chance to put their best part of their sport. The Stanley Cup playoffs, I actually do, end, I end up do watching a few games at least every year during the Stanley Cup playoffs because it's it's a, it's much faster it's much more intense you you can feel you know what I mean it just it feels different than watching right a, a, I don't know like a late early January hockey game 
Um, so this is their chance with like no other sports happening to put their best foot forward um, for all of America. Yep. Like I, I'm pretty sure they're starting before the NBA. So there's going to be a weekend that's just full of hockey. And what else are you going to watch? Yep. It'll be the highest ratings hockey has ever yep. had. Yep, exactly. Um, the NFL, like I said, they're, they're in a unique spot that like they get to kind of see what, what all the other leagues are going to do. But also I, I agree with you there. Like the, the NFL draft was such a, an interesting success. Um, you know, very, very different, but it was like really interesting to see how the NFL, it was like a message that like the NFL can still continue to do business no matter what. I'm sure when the apocalypse comes, they'll still be playing games on Sundays. You know it, dude. There will be freaking alien spaceships hovering over the stadiums waiting for the game to be over with to blow it up. Yep, I guarantee still, it. You'll still get the fucking game in. God damn the NFL. Um, it's, it's the NFL and roaches are going to outlive everything else, but, um, NBA, honestly, once hopefully everyone gets you know with the with the turn with the you know the, the first couple games and like the the abbreviated training camp to get everyone ready hopefully everyone's really well rested for the playoffs i mean we've had three months off so mm-hmm. like we should in theory as long as everyone is like healthy and they should be at this point we should see some really good playoff basketball like we should see like everyone should be basically in like tip-top shape in terms of like rest um yeah. but you know who knows, but we should see some pretty good ba- ba- uh, basketball once the playoffs do get underway. And then MLB, this is a tough one. I think I, I agree with you that like the silver lining for us is that like I realize like I do realize like how much I miss like the rhythm and the everyday sort of presence of baseball. But I think like as a whole, I don't think there is a silver lining because this is the only sport that didn't get to get played at all. Yeah, dude, you're right, man. Like they are facing the toughest challenge because their season got outright canceled. Yeah. yeah. You bet, dude, there's, there's a lot of just unfortunate stuff going on. Like we talked about with the owners and everything. And like, dude, these guys like the Mike Trouts, the Mookie Betts of the world, like these mega money makers, like they're going to be fine. But dude, you got a lot of, like you said, we're talking about the minor leaguers. You got professionals in there, not making a ton of money. They could pay game to game. Like mm-hmm. this whole thing with baseball, I would not be surprised if the season does get derailed outright because of all the shit and drama and stuff like that that's going on right now. I don't want that to happen, no. but I, I wouldn't be surprised just for the fuck of it. They're just like, all right, fuck it, we're just not doing it this year. They they blew an amazing opportunity about two weeks ago. If Basically, it would take about three weeks to a month to get themselves ready. Um, it's right. mostly it's mostly for pitching. Like you like you can't just like start up and like have pitchers go go one hundred percent right away. Mm-hmm. But they blew it. They blew it by not getting something done two weeks ago, ten days ago, so that they could open up the season on July fourth and be yep. the only sport on America's birthday playing. You know, playing America's pastime. Nothing else happening. They blew it. Yeah, they should have had this done like a while ago. Like honestly, like I, I'm quite surprised that. The minute that this national quarantine happened, like minute number one, somebody wasn't formulating like an idea to get things going. Like, you know, not like, hey, by the way, we're going to get things going with no fans in the audience in May or something like that. But you guys should have at least had it by Fourth of July. Mm -hmm. And I remember you're right. Like a couple weeks ago, I think I woke up and Instagram was like, hey, Major League Baseball is going to start up July 1st. There's a plan ready. And then all of a sudden it just like fizzled out and stuff. And every day that goes by when it is technically the summer, that is just, it's almost like two days of baseball missing an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's fucking nuts. But 
whatever that 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 sport. Uh, boy, I I don't know when the next uh, labor agreement is up, but that's probably going to be awful. Um, get ready for a lockout and or strike whenever that happens. So yep, another one. Yeah. 